recorder that I have. Okay, yeah, we just have to be in chill oh, space. Okay. Um, but yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a, another podcast segment of Marvels and Maniacs. Although, uh, this time, a bit of a treat. Instead of giving you a little bit of Marvel feedback and news in the world, we're going to be talking about one of uh, well, my favorite games in my friend here, none other than the famous Ethan Dibble, uh, his favorite series, Bioshock. So... Uh, yeah, without any further ado, let's go ahead and kick it off. So, Ethan, would you definitely say that Bioshock is in your top three, maybe top five game series, or no? Um, yeah, I wouldn't say the series is it like, top five series, but Bioshock 1 definitely is, like, top ten best games ever played first okay. time through. Interesting. So, yeah, for a little bit of context, uh, Ethan was able to convince me to, because we wanted to do a game playthrough together, and I've only ever played Infinite, Bioshock Infinite. I never played one. Technically, I still haven't played two, but I played through some of it. And uh, it being remastered definitely holds up till today. It was an incredible treat. Um, but before we get into all of that, uh, so Ethan, you finally finished Bioshock Infinite. Now I can pick your brain the way that I, I wanted to. So what's, what's going through your mind? Yeah, so, yeah, we saved all this for the podcast. Yeah, so I don't... There's a lot of stuff I don't understand it just because, like, we were sitting in a party most of the time we were playing through, and you would say stuff that just would not make sense to me. Like, uh, oh, I remember, like, during the first little session, can we spoil stuff for the game? And then, sure, uh, oh, ahead, yeah, I, it it's, free. it's been out for a while. Okay, I think we're fine. okay, so yeah, so at the beginning, uh, the baptism, like, whatever you get into Columbia. Uh, you said, oh, there's a way you can sneak past the preacher or some shit. And I could not figure it out. I just like went straight through. I was the, pretty much the whole game. I didn't look for an alternate route. I just played the game straight through because that's how you play Bioshock 1. Uh, and you kept saying interesting, whatever I would tell you what I was doing. <laughs> and it made me feel like I was like, okay, maybe I'm like, uh, you know, crugging this, you know, the fucking caveman playthrough. I don't know. But it was fascinating because, like, how the game ended is kind of how it started, uh, which was it just created a whole bunch of fucking questions and never gave me an answer for anything. Yeah, so, so all all of that was, was intentional. And uh, one question I do want to ask before moving forward is, do you believe in free will? And I, that's one of the questions you had also asked me during the playthrough of Bioshock 1 with Would You Kindly? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yes, I believe in free will. <laughs> I I recently read a paper that I wrote in high school for my philo my philo uh, philosophy class because it popped mm -hmm. up in my. Uh, I had taken a picture of it because I thought it was a fun paper and it was based on like uh, like hard determinism, which is like uh, like an example of like free will, like still in that spectrum of like uh philosophical views on life and it was it was interesting like kind of like resonated with how um let me turn that down kind of resonated with how i um played bioshock and like stuff that i was thinking about uh okay. but yes in short i do believe in free will i mean everybody did your opinion change from when you wrote that paper or no no it still it still stands Okay, nice. Um, so it goes into that. There are 
you were correct for the most part. There aren't really a lot of choices you can do in that game. Well, there, there are. So the outcome will always be the same, but it's how you get to the outcome that will, that will change. And I remember going through my first playthrough, and I did find a way to go around. Um, but when I did, uh, instead of like a mass of people being there, there would always be like a preacher to stop me. So the game almost kind of gives you the illusion of free of a uh, like freedom of choice because right. there is no alternate ending. The ending's always the same with the yeah. twist of you being Comstock but also being Booker DeWitt. And uh, there is like another one where for like when you kill Comstock, I'm pretty sure that if you wait a certain amount of time, like you don't press X, Elizabeth will eventually be the one to kill him. Um, and that's how a lot of things about the game are, is instead of just taking like the ultimate thing, or the like the first option, you just have to do nothing. Like you have to abstain from choice until something else, like another outlying factor or Elizabeth or another NPC uh, does something else to move it along, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, and for me, I thought that was really cool because not many people do that. Like it's not, you know, I, I don't think it's many people's like, even third option of what they'll try next is to not do anything. So, but uh, with that though, did you did you understand like what the ending meant per se? It seems like you got the what the lighthouse is represented, which I'm actually a little well, I'm not surprised that you figured it out, but not many people were able to deduce that on the first go. What do you mean? So when you're when you're getting further to the end and there's that tear and you're going through all of these different paths and all these different lighthouses, Elizabeth says that it's always the same in one way or another. But what remains constant is that there's always a man and that there's always a city. And so whether it's Rapture or Columbia, one of those gets made. Always. And in Bioshock 4, you might see like another version potentially. But so, you, so you're saying Columbia is an alternate reality of Bioshock. That's what you're saying. Yes. Okay. So, so Comstock. So we played as Comstock, which would actually be Fontaine from the first one. Is what you're yes. saying. Fontaine and uh, Alan. Yep. Okay. But. But that's not true, because in the DLC, right, you can you play as Booker DeWitt in Rapture, so they are not the same person. Like so, so like they could hypothetically exist simultaneously. That's that's another very good theory, and I think I think that's so. There are so many branching off theories you can have on this. I don't think any like one specific answer is right. Right. Um, did you wait till after the credits finished for Infinite? Uh, no, it took too long. Okay. <laughs> so no, no, that that's fair. Um, the very I didn't do it this time, but the very very first time I did it, and I searched it up to make sure that I wasn't crazy. If you wait until the credits go, uh, fuck, I have to ask another question before I answer that. So sure. when um when you drown, when you go through the baptism, like and you drown by Elizabeth. Yep. Do you think that all of the Elizabeths died? No. Why? 
show or meet a new friend all in Fort Frost. Because they're all from alternate realities, right? Just because you killed one Booker DeWitt doesn't mean that all of them are dead. True. But I wasn't you... the one true DeWitt. Like, this is funny because, like, I also just watched Loki. So, yeah. like, so like the, the alternate realities thing, it's like, like, she's, uh, she's the person who always is or whatever at the end of the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm talking about? Yeah, it, it, this is also like why it like, correlates well that you've also just finished walking, watching Loki, ironically. So the uh, yeah, no, like she'll never, she'll never truly die, right? She's the puppet master. Okay, but if that's the case, Booker would have to exist in order for Anna to exist, and um. But that's not Anna. That's Elizabeth. Mm, I mean. T- I- Technically, it's still Anna. No. She just has a different name. It's Elizabeth. Because that's what Comstock named her. So, a- Elizabeth cannot come to be unless she is in Columbia. Right? So, this is where, like, the paradox starts. To, like, we're getting into, like, quantum shit, right? Because, so, Anna is Anna until she goes through that portal and gets her finger chopped off. Then she becomes Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Right? But if you kill DeWitt... At a specific point in time, where he is still Booker DeWitt, but he—if if you take away the the choice, like if you kill him in the moment during his transformation to potentially be Comstock, would you not eliminate both Anna and Elizabeth by doing so? No, because if you killed Comstock, Booker DeWitt still lived. Right? Like, even after I fucking hit his head, I bonked him on the head with the bird bath and then drowned him, you you still lived. You had repercussions, he had a bloody nose, but, like, he was still alive, and so was Elizabeth. And that was... That Elizabeth was from that world, right? Okay. So, and also, I mean, I'm, you're, you're right so far. I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so if that's the case then, then why were the Elizabeths beginning to disappear from all the other realities? Because they were they were branches. They were branches from the timeline that I had created, right? So like So because those were all Annas that I had seen in my playthrough. Right? Mm-hmm. Or Elizabeths. Then you know, with me dead and a time before those events took place, those events cease, right? But Elizabeth was there before I came to Columbia, is what I'm saying. So whether or not I died before that event, that timeline, Elizabeth will always be. Okay. No? Am I... I lose you? No, 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 no. You're, 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 you're right. Like that's, that's a pretty logical train of thought. Um, the only add-on I have to that is, do you understand what role the lettuces played, the the man or the woman that you would see periodically throughout the game that would appear and disappear? They were the quantum physicists or whatever that discovered what the quantum particle or some shit. They ex- she explains it on a um, on a ferry ride or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, essentially they're the scientists, right? And they're uh, uh, not—I want to say adjudicators, but like not really. 
Like they they are but like they're just observers, really. Are they? Yeah, I don't think they ever instigated anything. Every experiment they gave to you was an observation piece. So that's actually where you're kind of wrong. Um, okay. In the game, if you if you find certain box phone tapes and, and going back, and also uh, at some point there's like a weird flashback. You like when Elizabeth is going through the tear and they're with you. They're actually the ones that that reconnected you to find Anna. So. In the universe where, where Booker exists, that we primarily play in, mm -hmm. um, I think their names are like Robert and uh, Rosalind, or, or something like that. Sure. Uh, the, but, the, the lettuces, or whatever. Yeah, Latu yeah. So Latuches, or whatever their names are. Yeah. No, you're, you're fine. But yeah, prior to meeting Comstock, uh, they researched the existence of you know the, the quantum particle and, and all this other stuff. Uh, and they end up like communicating with with uh, like alternate versions of themselves and other things in that regard. Like, they do a lot of experiments. Mm. Um, but it wasn't until that they met Comstock that they were able to formally make the tears, right? But Comstock is infertile, right? So when you're going through the thing of like, oh, like, is she my mother? Is she not my mother? Like that whole, you know, cover up, uh, like arc where it's like, yeah, Comstock had to take like a child. But if, if Comstock is Booker in that universe, then how does he get Anna? He has to make a tear into a universe where he has a child because he wants that, that lamb prophecy, her to become the prophet, that whole shebang. So he funds the lattices to create a machine that could open tears into under universes. Uh, and he assigned them the task of retrieving Anna DeWitt from Booker. And, you know, at that which point the exchange takes place, a portal is created between the two main universes in order to bring Anna to Comstock. Uh, so that Anna that, with, that you go into, like in that world, you essentially world hop to get your daughter back. They give you an opportunity 20 years later uh, because the lattices end up be feeling regret. And when you meet Anna, when she's like in her 60s or 70s or however old, and you see what's being done to the world below, uh, the lattices feel guilt for that. Like they didn't want a war. They just thought this man was, you know, doing all the stuff that da, 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 da. they're like, okay, like, you know, one child, like this will, you know, Prove that it works. People can exist from other universes. Da 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 da. It's a whole thing. Whatever. Small price to pay. But their conscience ends up like reaching them, and they feel guilt. So then they try to take Anna and put her back in her universe. And if you remember in the beginning, um, I think it's the lady who ends up saying, when talking about her, well, we don't exactly know what she is, but it's more about what she's not rather than what she is. The universe doesn't like its peas mixed with its porridge. So, when they try to do that, Comstock sabotages the machine. They die, and their consciousness or essence is essentially scattered throughout every branching reality. Okay. So, I guess in a way, like, they, they essentially 
really helped instigate the whole thing because they took Comstock's deal and then dragged you back into it to try sure. and fix things. So, okay. I didn't listen to very many Vox tapes, so that's probably why. But, like, not listening to the Vox tapes, like, and just going on, like, the instance interactions that you have with them uh, before realizing that they're, like, actually in the game a lot more than you think they are, like, towards the end of the game. It sort of, like, shows that they were the people on the boat, you know, rowing you to the uh, the yeah. lighthouse and shit. So, like, uh, but, like, before that, like, playing through initially, not really thinking anything of it, they, you know, they make you flip a coin, they make you make a choice, you know, they, all these things. And it's all observation-based. It's like, based on this observation, you know, we, we will see what this guy chooses, essentially. So, but the, yeah, I, I did feel that the game, like, I wish it was a little more creative with other than just like saying Booker DeWitt was Comstock because that's kind of like thrown on you I feel like I don't know I, that I would not have called that game a Bioshock game it could have been its own thing it could have literally been its own thing <laughs> and it probably would have done better than if it was called Bioshock Infinite because like its subtle mention of the rapture at the very end was not enough for it to warrant being called a Bioshock I think I do know that with the other Bioshock games there was a like you would describe to me it was it was a horror game I definitely felt so and there was a bit more of a stealth pacing to it mm -hmm. though I do think it was a a fun dynamical change for it to be as fast paced as it was and I still think it goes into like, I don't think what makes Bioshock Bioshock is the like that that horror or stealth aspect I, I feel like it's the the idol ideology behind one man attempting to create a utopia that becomes corrupted um I think like so like the the idea of like bioshock when i think of it and i describe it to people it's retrofuturism right so it's like someone took the 60s and they made it as futuristic as they possibly could like everything's still made out of tin and aluminum uh you know it's you know you still have the neon lights people still smoke cigarettes like there's there's all these things that make it like a period piece and then what makes Bioshock Bioshock is that filth, like the grunge that added to it. Like it's it's disgusting. Like the the idea of rapture, just like what once was, you can see the remnants of it with like the neon lights and everything, and some stuff is still, you know, working, but it's dilapidated. And it's just gross. And like having to just sort of work through it, like work through the whole thing based on the plane crash right and then you actually have two separate endings in that game so i don't i don't know for for bioshock infinite to be one ending and then for it to also sort of lean on the bioshock name 
and it be super clean and bright and not filthy and not really scary just sort of like a a real structured shooter um was just disappointing i would say this is my least favorite in the trilogy yeah, I can def- I can definitely uh, understand like it from from that standpoint. Like that definitely makes sense. Um, in terms of being like a straight shooter, aside from decisions, I would say that for me it felt a lot more chaotic. Because going through the first Bioshock, you know, you always had a a subject of like an infinite, but like the you could you could because of the stealth aspect, you could always plan like the encounter a little bit like you see a big daddy you see a girl it's like oh, okay you know i'll wait for them to encounter the splicers then i'll go in finish them off or you know oh okay there's like turns and stuff here i can try and you know, try and walk past them whatever but you're always alerted so for me like it it didn't give me the the dreadful feeling but it made me feel more anxious between the skyhook ziplining um, all of the different turns, the automatons, like, it felt like you were always in combat at some point, and it, it just got to the point where you were, you just had to survive in making a, a worst-case scenario better. And, like, yeah, Elizabeth was able to help you, and you didn't have any help in the, in the first Bioshock game, but there was always the option to go past. With this one, you don't, you don't really have that. Interesting. So, you think you could stealth through an entire level on Bioshock? Uh, with some things, like there were there were a few missions or, or sections, I would say, where if you could just like see their movements, you could go behind them. Because there's there's even like a whole perk for like getting behind an unaware enemy and hitting them with a wrench. Yeah. Like eventually, yeah, you'll have to do combat, but like even when enemies enter a room. It's not like, you know, they come out guns a-blazing. Sometimes it's, yeah. they're here looking for you, but they don't know where you are yet. So yeah. you have time to, like, you know, think and figure out what you want to do. Whereas in Infinite, it's like, no, they know where you are. You're the only one that looks like this. Like, you stand out. Like, they're coming in to shoot. You've got, like, firefighters. That, like, the, the gun and enemy variation was a little bit more expansive, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, I was actually more scared of the handyman's than I was with the Big Daddies. Like, Big Daddies were still intimidating and definitely hard to fight. Interesting. But they weren't nearly as fast. Um, like, I was, I was, I would always be able to, like, lay mines or, you know, try and get around a corner or a pillar so I would have time to breathe and heal before, you know, getting back into it. Um, and that could also partially just because it's an older game. But with the Handymans, I mean, I remember the, like, the first, second time I had to fight them, especially the one on the Skyhook encounter, like... It doesn't matter where you go, that, that fucker is, like, jumping constantly at, like, supersonic speed. And then even when he runs up on you, like, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like you have time to breathe. Like, it's just constantly aggroed. So. Um, I, I never once felt like I was in danger in playing Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> there was one, I actually clipped it. <laughs> The, there was one there was one instance where I got the shit scared out of me and it was whenever you're you go to the warden's office and you like open up the door and then it's like a little cutscene and it makes you look at the thing and it's right after you get introduced to the siren head people oh my god and fucking, <laughs> and, 
and as like you get control of the character again you you like turn a little bit and all you hear is the weird fucking noise it makes and <laughs> it's like right in front of you yeah yeah it was uh that was terrifying but that's the only time i was like i had fear i never once was like yo i don't feel like i can get out of this the weapon variation and like the versatility of a lot of ways you could play combat made me feel really safe and i played it on medium i didn't play it on hard because i was looking to cruise through the game without like i wanted to finish it if i was gonna play it on hard and i already like had a sour taste in my mouth about the game i probably wouldn't have finished it if i played it on harder difficulty but um it was is completely like polar opposite compared compared to bioshock one uh, ladies and gentlemen, this just shows you how much better of a gamer Ethan is than me. Uh, I fucking struggle with those guys. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not. I'm not. I didn't bring that up to brag, but like, no, I, I, know, I bring I it up to your point to like, I was fucking terrified of the big daddies. I was so scared. Interesting. Of those things, I never once was like, okay, with all of the equipment I have currently, I can kill this thing. I always ran to a store and filled everything up before I fought. I was always scared that I would die. And there was like, That's there's so... no, you didn't lose anything if you died in Bioshock 1. But like, it was the frustration. Well, I take that back. If you were fighting a big daddy and he had a little sister with him and you died, after that combat, they would like run to the fucking vent and then he would not get a little sister. So you'd have to kill him and then wait for another one to spawn and fight another one at full health. So it was uh, frustrating. See, with that, I I kind of understand the like why like the the idea behind that. But like having the option to because eventually you get the vigor to you know like literally control a big daddy. Mm-hmm. And if I ever found you know Sparrow running around, I just brought him with me to fight. So like I. That always made that always gave me like a sense of security, and I also knew that like any like the electric buck shells and um, the equivalent of shock jockey I, I forget what the the shock plasmid would yeah. always stun them and give you enough time to just you know then do armor piercing rounds on them. So in the beginning I was I was scared shitless, but afterwards, as as long as I had those shells saved up and I had Eve, I felt perfectly fine. So I just that's just, that's so that's so interesting. Like our, our our different mental states on that. Yeah, I like, I really, I don't know. I just maybe it's because like rose colored glasses and everything. But I really did enjoy Bioshock One a lot. No, 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 I mean Bioshock One. I would I would say is is definitely better than Infinite. The only thing like one of the main things that really did it for me was just the relationship between Booker and Elizabeth. I don't know why entirely, but I'm sure. a sucker for for those kind of things. Well, if that's your first so, time playing a game where you have an like a like a non-player character with you the entire time, I, I remember you saying that was like the first time you really felt a connection with a with a character you were yes. playing with, like side by side. And it, this is just like I've had that experience before, so I didn't really get that enjoyment out of it. I, I honestly thought Elizabeth, outside of like throwing me money and health and <laughs> ammo she was relatively boring to be around 
like you couldn't even point your gun at her or anything. <laughs> it's like it's like stop pointing me, stop pointing that at me, stop this, stop that. She's fucking annoying. <laughs> I would say she's like sassy, man. Like she's she's like the. This is so interesting. Like getting getting to anyway. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely was. So I mean, also you know, rose colored glasses like that could also be part of it, like part of the nostalgia of just like really connecting with her on that. Mm-hmm. Um, because every other game that I had played through, like either the the friend that you had would just die, and then you're like, all right, go do this mission by yourself now, bitch. And I was like, all right, I guess here right. I go doing doing that thing I do, and then mm-hmm. like you know, you know, just talking to myself constantly while I was scared shitless <laughs> in one with the with the fucking noises echoing around me. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and even in, like, Cyberpunk or uh, any other, like, warfare game, like, you end up having to kind of go it solo. Uh, so. I don't know if that's true. Like, Gears. Uh, like, when I think of, like, a companion. I have actually never played Gears, so. And that's, I... yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes <laughs> a lot of sense now. So, that's a game that you have got to play. A game series, at least. Um, okay. First one's great. Graphics are incredible. Uh, came around, came out probably a year and a half before Bioshock One. I can check actually. I'm sitting at a computer. Um, uh, yeah, that was that would be a game where it was like, yep, I really gained a like. I really enjoyed the relationship you had with uh, like Dom and Baird and Cole and Carmine and going through the game because they're always with you the whole time at okay, least one of them that would okay yeah that's definitely something I want and they're to they're useful dude like they are like they help you out they'll like if you get down excuse me if you get down they'll come and revive you if you okay. if they get down you come and revive them they can draw fire for you they can you know it's that, it's really that good that is amazing mm-hmm. that sounds really cool um, and, and I, our, I will take it back a little bit too because you let me play um uh, the first Mass Effect, and that was nice. That was a very different, more connective game. That's an even better one. That's an so. even better example. Yeah, but that I mean that's newer. Uh, well, I guess not. Bioshock One. So, Gears One came out in two thousand six, um, November, and Bioshock One came out in two thousand seven. So, yep. Okay. But uh, yeah, definitely recommend Gears. I think it's on Game Pass. I'm almost certain it's on Game Pass. Um, great game series. I would like to play Mass Effect through with you. Um, yeah, I would. I would definitely do that. We can play the first one again. I've played the first one like a hundred times, but I'll play it again. It never uh, gets I, old. I don't mind doing that, but if you also want to skip to the second, I also have no qualm because I've also already played through some of the first one. Uh, unless like certain choices carry over to the, to the yeah, next. Yeah, they game. do. Like, okay. Yep. Okay. okay. Yeah. Then yeah. you you've got. I got. I got far though. I should still have like my save data. So. Yeah. So if you want to burn, if we, if you want to burn through the rest of that playthrough, and not by burn, I mean just like play it, yeah. and then, uh, yeah, then we'll go. We'll move on to two, yeah, because with legendary edition, it's a it's a pretty seamless transition. Oh, wait, it's all save. remastered. So I, I, I kind of want to. I do. I, I, I fuck it. I'll just restart one. I'll restart one. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I I do I do plan on like just running not running through but like um 
like not doing all the side shit in this playthrough. But some of the side shit on the lore, like in the lore side, is pretty cool. Like the Mass Effect lore is extensive. Yeah, I remember really liking the side quest. I think that, yeah, that was actually the first campaign when you lent me the disc that I actively wanted to do the side quests, and I was like, this is Evo wasn't kidding when he said this was dynamic. This is this is cool. The side quests give you choices. <laughs> And, like, who you bring with you affects what you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's, like, that was the first time where, like, a party-based game, like, and by party, I mean, like, like, your your own party, not necessarily multiplayer, the, like, the synergies you have, and uh, in the later, like, versions of the game, like, like, Mass Effect 2 and 3, the amount of time you, times you bring out like a team right like increases the dynamic and synergy and they they sort of learn how you fight or they learn what your your dude's motives are based on you know uh, what you picked for your background right so if like you're earthborn then they'll talk to you about earth and then maybe they'll connect with you on some level that they wouldn't if you were considered a colony like a colony kid you know it's a so it's it's really cool and you can you can romance a bunch of people in that game uh what else uh the species are fucking really cool i really think you'll you'll find the genophage uh interesting i don't know if you know anything about that not that i can remember off the top of my head yeah so so yeah you'll hear that because there'll be a like a main mission where it'll be brought up and i don't know and typically whenever i run that game i run a Krogan, and then whoever else I feel like, just because I really like the Krogans. Okay. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, it's just a fun game, uh, fun game where like I found like companionship to be very important. But Elizabeth's character, the the story was based around her, so she had to be there, right? So, but she unlike Mass Effect or Gears were like it's happening to the player and the party right it never I never felt like I had a I, I literally felt like I was on a conveyor belt like I I'm playing infinite I never felt like once I had free will right I always felt like everything was just sort of like yep this is what you're supposed to do sort of like the would you kindly thing but and some of the first one, you can make decisions, right? Like you can choose to harvest or save the little the little sisters. And, you know, if you choose to save all of them, you get an ending, a certain ending. If you choose to kill all of them, you get a certain ending. Uh, so, something to note. No, no, like, and that's, that's valid. Um, like, I, I fully understand why you didn't like infinite as much as you did uh for me it's one aside from like the symbolism that i was able to see with elizabeth and just kind of doing it and I, I don't know if you remember anything from when the game was first released or first announced with with infinite but i because I, I i've watched a lot of videos on lore and documentaries and stuff like that or i've tried to anyway but recently one that i came across was almost kind of like a director's cut thing that they had in Bioshock, which I'm really sad they didn't have that 
in infinite. I'm really, really upset they didn't have that. <clears throat> I don't know why they didn't do it. But I think you, I think infinite would definitely would have been up there for you if they didn't, if they didn't re write a lot of what they were going to do, because a lot of content was cut from the game that could have been used to make another game. Like they ended up cutting a lot of it out, and. Initially, Elizabeth was supposed to be a lot more dynamic, like you were saying, and you would have choices where, um, instead of having her do, like, a certain lockpick, uh, like, you could try and do it yourself, or with tears, um, the tears were supposed to be a lot more dynamic of actually having tears that moved, like, creating skyline rifts to knock people off or give you cover, um, being able to go through walls into another room, um, there, there were there were some where like there were even choices with uh, riots where there'd be public executions of like certain factions, and you could choose to intervene, or to not. Uh, there, there were other ones where like people would die, or um, like there was like one specific scene that I thought was really good, and it was when uh, Elizabeth was first using her powers, and she was trying to save the horse, but she was causing like a lot of damage to the world around her and you could choose to like you know help walk her through it and essentially revive the horse or to like give the talk of sometimes things just have to die like it's a natural part of life and i really that was gonna be in the game or that yeah. was in the game no that was going to be in the game oh yeah that would have made a huge difference on how i saw a game if there were events like that yeah so and I guess, like, also me knowing what could have been gives, like, a little, you know, like, glamour shine to to the character and everything else. Interesting. That would have but, pissed me off if I, like, they, they you took this from me. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 like, <laughs> you want <laughs> It's just, like, yeah, that just makes it more mid, dude. Like, it's just... <laughs> So, in ranking of, like, best Bioshocks is one, two, three. In that order. Bioshock 1 is the best. 2 is okay. It, 2 is well, technically good. technically 2 is mid, if you're going to place it there. 2 is good. And Infinite... Well, then Infinite's trash. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to say that. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, um, am I happy I played it? No. <laughs> like it's like okay like i probably won't think about this game again i'm happy you played it you made me very happy because now i have someone else i get to talk about it with yeah right like 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 it was cool as an experience i got it for like what the whole collection for eight bucks or something so like you know it's a steal and you know it gave me quite a few hours of gameplay I, I don't know. That's all it is. It's just a game. I, I don't think it'll affect me anything, uh, anything more than it already has. Like it's, which is not very much. Bioshock One is superior. I rest my case. <laughs> so with with Bioshock Four coming out then, and you know, like getting getting a look at this, you know, always a man, always like a lighthouse, quote unquote, multiversal theory. Um. What do you think Bioshock 4 will be about? What are you hoping from it? And how would you feel if it was like Infinite, but with all of like the changes that I had brought up? That like what, what was initially supposed to be in the game? Um, 
I want it to go back to its roots. I want it to be relatively linear in story. I wouldn't want it to be like open world or anything. I'd want it to be creepy and gross and underwater and uh yeah that would be cool i mean if they want to go completely like off the fucking wall they could throw it in space that's originally what they were going to do with bioshock one was it was going to be a space game um and then just be like on a i don't know then like sort of take flavor from dead space and, and sort of do it that way but instead of necromorphs it's fucking splicers and you use Eve and all that stuff I I don't know I don't care as long as it's not like bright and happy I don't want it to be fucking bright and happy I want that I want the sign that says happy to be covered in dirt and like I want it to be gross I want it to be like yo I need gloves to touch anything on this fucking map like that's why I liked Bioshock 1 was cause like your dude gets into a plane crash, and then he's like, you know what? There's a lighthouse right here. I know. I'll just go into this lighthouse. Oh, there's a fucking submarine elevator. <laughs> Crack. Luck, lucky me, you know, like goes lucky down. Lucky you, huh? Yeah, right? And then, you know, it's, you know, and then it just hits shit, hits the fan, because you get attacked by the splicer and all that shit. That, that's so, so interesting. That's, and then it gets, and then it's like, okay, like, because, like, you have to watch the video as you're going down, and it's, like, pitching this cool world to you, and it's like, oh, dude, this sounds baller. You get down there, and it's like, your skin would look good on my face. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, no, I don't, uh, that's my skin, you know? <laughs> so, that was cool, and, like, to be, like, an average schmuck and go through there. I, I know there's, like, talk, like, they talk about you being, like, a secret agent to go and, like, trying to destroy the rapture and all that shit. But I really like to think that he's just a dude and it was just completely circumstantial and that he made the decisions based on the moment. That's what I feel like makes the game most fun is through those lenses. But, uh, yeah, that's what I would want from Bioshock 4, and I was just reading it. It's uh, the 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 title that's floating around right now is Bioshock 4: Isolation. So, so I don't know uh, what that means. Uh, Bioshock 4 is in major trouble, delayed to 2024. But these are all YouTubers that have like nothing. Oh, uh, there's another title. Bioshock 4 will be open world. What? I, I agree. I wouldn't want it to be open world. I would love the choices. I, I love choices in games. Um, I, I'm a sucker for Dwight and Elizabeth, so I kind of hope like they make some type of like return appearance. It's gonna be cool. Um, if it was horror based, and you know everything that you said, can definitely get behind it. You've sold me on it. But for me, wow the premise sets a sets the stage for something unnerving i think it's i think it's cool of you know how far you get to go down the rabbit hole because anything that's that's gilded or cult-like and then you get to see how deep the extremism the fanaticism goes as you're going through 
that that just speaks to me because it's like yeah you're in this wonderful utopia and yes the prophet topside in the undercity we are the ones that will save them it's like okay okay like i see what you've built here you know you've got a place in the clouds looks like heaven right cool air you're you've like no one's like disease or anything like that like and i i can understand you know i'm with it i'll follow you yeah let's help these people but to do so the world must be reborn in fire and it's like yeah. oh oh uh, okay you are a false shepherd we will wear your skin as slaughter <laughs> yeah no it's uh <laughs> it's like yeah. oh uh okay walk into a bar so we want to throw this uh ball at these black people right and it's like you can fit in or you cannot and it's like <clears throat> well i didn't realize the uh, utopia was uh, with a bunch of racists so now i'm even more unnerved <laughs> It's just like those little things that just—it's like a snowball that gradually gets like worse and worse and worse. So, like that's that's part of why I ended up really liking uh, Far Cry Five was for the story. I thought like some of the game mechanics were horrible, but like anything culty culty to me is is scary because at one point or another, depending on where you've been like emotionally or uh, like mentally. I feel like you can always see yourself being drawn to that at some point. Before realizing all of the, the crazy shit that goes on behind the scenes. Right. So. But. I'm with it. I hope I hope for for your, for your both our sakes that it ends up going back, you know, more that direction. It'd be cool to... I haven't really played many uh, horror suspense games. So. So, now having played... Bioshock 1, a little bit of 2, and 3 now, so Infinite. Mm-hmm. And you said originally you loved Infinite. Oh, yeah. How do you feel about it now, having played the first one? I I definitely don't think it's as good as... If I had to rank it, it would be 1, Infinite, and then 3. Or, and then 2. I hate it. I, I don't... I, I'm not, like, the biggest fan of 2. <laughs> okay. It does not speak to me. I Honestly, I don't fully see the point in why 2 was made. <laughs> Other than to like, maybe some people are like, man, I wonder what like the POV from a Big Daddy Little Sister was. I was like, all right, let's make a game off of this and like sell it, and they did. And I'm like, all right, it's cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you played enough of it, honestly. That, that's fair. That's fair. And maybe I'll return to it because you know the game mechanics are cool. It was nice being back instead of Rapture, but like I just, I, I just didn't see the point. Like it, it was just weird. Right. Um. Whereas you know one was one is still goaded with the sauce, but but infinite. Again, you I I am also like a sucker for steampunk art, and so like between arcane and like the the setting that they had, that was really cool. I love the sky hooks. It felt like the entire time I was in combat, I had the option to be very mobile and make it as like a roller coaster. I love the new plasmids. I thought those were really really cool ideas. Um, I hated not having as much choice, though. If I look past that for the symbolism of free will and like, do you really have it? And how you know, there's always these changing variables, but there's an absolute. And you look at it that way, then it's like, okay, like, this seems to have been a little bit more thought out. And yeah, there was content, you know, lost along the way, but overall, I get what this game is supposed to be, in, in the grand scheme of things. So, um, yeah. 
I, I would I would leave it that way. And I thought the graphics were. Oh yeah, that's another thing too. Is that you thought it was flat. To me, uh, it never seemed flat. Like it seemed like it was more vibrant, but everything seemed to have more of a uh, of a symmetry to it, which was kind of appealing. Whereas with the original games, it was a little bit more chaotic, which was still appealing. It was still cool. It's just it was it was nice having that that tone shift, I guess. So. Yeah, I just thought that the atmosphere in the first one was just done so well. I mean, I'm like beating the dead horse now, but like the, I the lighting was good. I will say that the the in infinite the reason that I was never scared was because I could see everything. Okay. Right, like like I knew what was around the corner before it saw me. Whereas like in the first two games. You're like, yo, dude, this hallway's dark. And then you hear a fucking a chip bag ruffle in the distance, and you're like, okay, there's something in here with me. Is it a rat, or is it, you know, <laughs> is it something, something scary, you know? And then, you know, whatever. It, but that's that suspense aspect to it, and it'd be like, all right, man, I got fireballs, and I ain't afraid to use it, along with this monkey wrench I'm about to wallop you with. You know, like that's uh, that's that that to me is like just Bioshock to its core, and Infinite. I feel like if it was literally called something else, if they took Bioshock out of the name and just named it like I don't know, uh, I don't know, I don't know what they would name it, but like just take Bioshock away from it <laughs> and then take out that last part with the. Uh, like them going into rapture and then just using like similar art and stuff and then sort of like giving a nuanced mention to Bioshock then that would have been great I would have been like yes this is a good game but because I went in expecting a Bioshock just okay and hit Bioshock like by itself it's a it's a good game like I would give it a 7 out of 10 okay I mean again that still makes sense like that's that's very justified. Um, that's just so like it, it's interesting like where our like thought pro uh, processes not deviate but um like I guess like deviate slightly because I definitely agree like having everything right in front of you isn't isn't as intimidating but for me it was also like yeah you know what's in front of you like we want you to know that you're about to get fucked by this uh, by this handyman and these pyromancers. Like, we, we want you to see him coming so you can start shitting your pants. <laughs> like, yeah, but the, but also... There was no danger, man. Like, you had so much, like, gun, like, so many guns, ammunition. Uh, I never felt, like, danger. I think I died maybe three or four times the entire game. I, I think I know what another part of it might be. What weapons did you use, by the way? Just out of curiosity. Um, so I... I kept the hand cannon on me almost the entire game. Okay. As soon as I got it, um, I only switched it out whenever I had no ammo, and I couldn't find any ammo. And uh, so I hit that, and then if I had one, uh, I had the carbine on me as well. But uh, okay, towards the end, I couldn't really keep ammo in my carbine because there was no ammo stores. So um, 
I was just swapping between weapons. Uh, so I ran the burst rifle for a little bit, which was dog shit, by the way. Oh, you yeah, know, it's horrible. I never used that. I refused to pick uh, it up. Then I used the repeater, uh, which yeah. was okay. But I like I liked the shotgun, the carbine, and the hand cannon the best. Definitely agree with you on that. So, I I guess I also made it a little harder for myself. Um, once I got the hand cannon and the carbine, I refused to switch weapons unless it was absolutely necessary. Because I was worried. I don't know if you notice this, but like for, especially for the hand cannon and the carbine, if you drop an assault for another uh, weapon and then like continue on, you're probably not going to find those same guns for a while. That's, yeah, you, that was my thing. So... Yeah, That's I, why I, I only dropped them. whenever I had. I only had one. Yeah, when I had like no ammo left, I was like, "All right, well, I'm gonna die if I don't fucking pick anything else up." So, yeah, okay. I, I see what you mean. I, I definitely played similar, like in a similar way. Yeah, but no, fair, very fair though. It's all right. I'm with it. I'm with it. So, um. But yeah, before you switch to, to look with like everything else, um, multiversal. So, um, how you've you did what I what I had recommended. Uh, you decided to go ahead and oh yeah, that's the other thing I had to tell you. So if you wait before I say that, if you wait till like the very end of the credits, um, because technically with Booker and Elizabeth, they're supposed to be like the primes. So when they're like gone, Theoretically, they are too. Like they aren't really supposed to exist, or there's only one, you know, final universe that's supposed to exist with both of them. Yeah. Um. And so, when you, when the, when the credits end, you are back in the room, same gray ambiance, and you hear a baby crying. And so you're able to go to the door and open it, and your room looks like your apartment. Everything looks like a little bit nicer. But as soon as you go to open the door, it, like, cuts out, not giving you a definitive answer. Or, no, sorry, you don't hear, I, I take that back, you don't hear the baby crying, you hear, like, the music playing, um, and then you go to open the door, but it doesn't show you if she's actually there or not. So, that was, like, also kind of, like, another, you know, allude of, like, oh, are they, like, together, are they not together, like, type of deal. Um, but anyway... Uh, what what do you speculate? What are your thoughts on the the DLC for um, Buried at Sea? Um, I think it's just them in Rapture. I think that's exactly what that is. I don't know what else what to expect about it. Um, okay, why would they uh, be in Rapture? All places. Because it's a Bioshock game and it's IP, and they wanted to sell the DLC. You know what? <laughs> I don't. Right. Simple answer. I'm with it. Why wasn't the whole game in, in Rapture? You know? What, what, what do you mean? What question is it? <laughs> Rapture Mark 2, baby! Yeah, dude. Rapture 2. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> we built the cross. Don't go over there. It's cursed. Right. Oh, man. Okay, I think, it, I think it'd be cool if Isolation was, like, in the Arctic or something. That would be cool. That would be really cool if it was, like, under Antarctica. Yeah. That would be fucking sick. And then you could use, like... Yeah, that would be cool art. More like a, like, kind of a, akin to, like, Europa. Yeah. So. Lost Planet vibes. Yeah, but your your space idea was really cool. I didn't know that, that it was supposed to initially be in space. That'd be, that'd be really fucking cool. That'd be 
Yeah, you should listen to the developers talk about it. Like, if you watch some of those developer tapes, or the director commentary from the first one, they talk about it. I listened to, like, uh, the two or three that I had found. I do plan on going back, because now that I've I binge on Infinite. I'm gonna go back and watch all the documentary that I can for or commentary for one and two. Cause you got me invested. I'm invested in this lore, dude. I wanna know what could have been, was like Yeah. At the end of Bioshock One, did you go into the museum? Yeah and look at all the big daddies and shit? Yeah, that was crazy dude. Holy shit. So I don't know if if you remember it, but at the beginning in the remastered Whenever you first get in there and you see your first big daddy, there's that's a prototype one. It was you never saw that one again. I so, did catch on to that. I, I thought it was weird at first, and then I went to the museum and I was like, wait, like every little thing in that game just adds. I love it. I love it so much. Bioware's really cool. Or no, not Bioware. Two K. Yeah. The um. Was it, was it? The so the the other DLC Clash of the Clouds also has a museum. I don't think it's anywhere near as expansive as the first one, which also makes me sad. Makes me really sad. But the art's cool. Uh, you get some art and audio. I love. I like the original handyman idea that they had. I thought it fit the theme a lot better. Um, another quick question I have is: out of all of the Elizabeth costumes which like what look for Elizabeth did you like the most if, if anything uh, uh I don't know I don't really have an opinion on it okay honestly um and she be careful with that <laughs> oh my god <laughs> fuck off <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Yeah, I have no opinion on it at all, actually. Okay, I just thought I thought she I was had trying to shoot her the entire game. I fucking did. God like damn it, man! <laughs> Careful, you say that, Ethan. What? Shoot her in the face? A 17-year-old girl? Yeah, I tried to shoot a 17-year-old girl in the face. Record that. Clip that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> in a game. In a fucking Bioshock. Uh, we got him. Um, <laughs> so Bioshock Two was not made by Irrational Games. I don't know. Yeah, if you I, I wanna. I want you to tell me everything. Like, why did you like Bioshock Two? What's it about? Like, you can spoil it for me if you want. I'm just. No, I'm not gonna spoil it for you. I'm gonna make you play that fucker. Um, God damn it. Uh, Bioshock Two. Like, honestly, the story's not gonna be as good as Infinite. Okay. I'm gonna go tell you. And it, it won't even touch one. Uh. The motive for it is kind of boring, but like, the cool the cool thing is is like, at the end of Bioshock One, you get to play as a big daddy for a little bit, and then going right into two, you get to play as big daddy pretty much the whole game, and that's uh fucking sick, dude, because it's like yo, you get to pick up where you left off and just sort of ride that high of playing as a big daddy, but um, I can only get you so far. And if the story's not well-crafted, then, you know, it sort of falls short. And I feel like it did fall short a little bit. Because um, it didn't really introduce anything new outside of the big sisters. So, um... When I, when I saw that, 
my my heart did skip a beat because I was like, where the fuck were these in one? Uh, huh? That's because they were created by that fucking evil bitch. Yeah, uh, a whole other set. Like, like the lore, like the add-on for the lore was definitely captivating. It was there was some. Sorry, I interrupted. Continue. No, you're good. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I don't I don't want to say anything more than it was like. It was better than I thought it was better than Infinite because like it still played like a Bioshock. You had like eight weapons all at once. You know, you had plasmids out the waz and it was underwater uh, infinite you only had two guns but you had an infinite amount of fucking vigors or plasmids and then uh yep yeah. so it's okay and i only used like two plasmids the entire fucking game on, oh, which one did you use actually or on bioshock i used uh the fire one and then the possess okay dude i all i've rotated like so often no, so I don't think I ever... I never used, like, four of them. Like, charge was good for aggro. I loved Murder of Crows so much, because eventually you get to the point where if you zap them and they die, or you kill them while they have that, it creates traps, which just sets off a chain reaction. Mm -hmm. Undertow made me feel like a waterbender. Uh, fucking... It was funny just levitating people with um, Bronco or whatever, and just seeing them, like, float around there, like, little freaking michelin man mm -hmm. uh, so i didn't i actually i never really used the fire one fire one's strong it's very strong i also had i think it was a hat that was giving me like a boosted melee damage and it gave me a 70 percent chance to ignite somebody oh dude i had the same one but i had the like the stun chance with the luster. yeah the um I, I don't know dude like i never I, I rarely ever use my vigors. I always use guns, pretty much. Okay. E even in, like, Bioshock 1, unless I was interacting with the environment, I never really used plasmids. I mean, I did, kind of. Like, if I was fighting, like, spider slicers or, so, or spider, spider splicers, then, um, those. then I would shock them and then shoot them in the face with my shotgun, and that would kill them, you know? Because uh, it would do increased damage. But in this one, outside of possessing the fucking uh, the Patriots, I didn't really use plasmids. Unless I was out of ammo. So, yeah. I also know you upgraded your shield a lot, too. Yep, yeah. I maxed my shield out, and I almost maxed my health out. Nice. Yeah, but I, I think I put two points into my uh, my blue, my vigor. So, it was... I, I don't know, man. I, maybe I didn't play the game right. No, you ever, no, no, no. You, you ever feel that way? You ever feel like you beat a game and you're like, man, there's no way I played that game correctly? Have you ever felt that way? Uh, probably. I'm just not remembering off the top of my head. But Like, it's intended play, like, play pace and style. Like, oh, I just yes, did actually, not... Red Dead. <laughs> really? Red Dead yeah. 1 or 2? Uh, 2. I mean, I love Red Dead. I just yeah. I at the beginning I was like, yeah, I'm a I'm botching this gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> There's like some shit where it's like, yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm supposed to do it this way because like sometimes like whenever I don't know what to do, I just fucking strong arm my way through the game. <laughs> I'm like, hey, if I deal enough damage, this problem will go away. Like, dude, I I need to get you in a D and D session. Holy shit! <laughs> so that's uh, I mean. 
And that's my like quick solution. But if that doesn't work, like if you're going through like a Halo game on Legendary or whatever, then if that doesn't work, you have to sort of change your approach a little bit. But in games like Bioshock, typically that'll solve your problem. And that's how you get good, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, honestly, that's the other thing, too, is I am all the way waiting to play uh, the Infinite uh, campaign with you. Halo? So, yeah. I'm I'm not touching Halo until I complete the campaign with somebody. And I already don't like the multiplayer, so. <laughs> is When is uh when does it come out? It's supposed to come out not next soon month? enough. Dude, I, I'm I'm having like the same. I'm having the same uh, disposition that I had towards Infinite with the Morbius movie. It of like it's been like delayed or like what's supposed to have come out is getting pushed back again. So I'm not I'm not even worrying about it. I'm just whenever I hear the news, that's when I'll be happy. <laughs> hmm. So. Because I'm, I'm not gonna get my hopes up for a solid release. I'm, I don't know. I'm getting, I'm getting some weird vibes. So, uh, I'm, I just pulled up a post. Halo's there. Uh, Halo. People are saying that it's supposed to be May, so next month. But, um, there's no confirmation of that. They said it once. Yeah. So. So, I don't know, dude. I feel like I really hope Elden Ring shakes the fucking ground uh, for uh, game developers. Elden Ring I was a fully so. released game. Uh, I, at rip, the only issues that they had was uh, network at the very beginning. But instead of having people try to suffer through a shitty network situation. They just shut it off and fixed it, and then turned it back on whenever it worked, and that and it was fixed within like forty eight hours. So yeah. that was pretty sick. I th and the only reason that happened was because FromSoft is a relatively small team, considering like you know Activision and all these other big players like fucking Dice from that does Battlefield, twenty forty two. Yeah. You know that launch was a fucking shit show. Yeah. So Man. it's. I, I don't know. I really hope that moving forward, video games are like, yo, this is a standard. You know, I really hope Ubisoft is shaking in their fucking boots with what FromSoft has done. Uh, you know, I haven't played Dying Light 2, but I've heard it's great. Um, it is. Um, I'm looking forward to playing with you. I really want to. It's fun. With, it's more fun with friends, I would say. Yeah, I've got to figure out when it's going to go on sale. I'm keeping an eye on it. It's on my wish list, so... Whenever it hits sale, I'll, I'll probably cop it, but... Yeah, I just don't like paying full price for video games, and I did the other day for Tiny Tina's, and it was worth. I, I, I like it, but Dakota's never gone, so I can't play it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, um... So when we were playing with Catherine, like, were you still lagging? Because you never, like... No, not Wait, really. really. Yeah, okay, no. well, bet, um... Because, I mean, I'll, I'll play a little later uh, tonight. Later tonight with you, if you'd like. Uh, <laughs> I end up doing the game. I have other characters... Um, I mainly I just play with Catherine because Dallas. I, I like playing with Dallas, but he's like, he's he's in deep on that game, and it's like yeah, he's like really far. He's like level forty. He's trying yeah. to give me like a, like two million gold. Yeah. I, was like, I don't. I don't want that. 
Yeah. Yep. That's that's why I'm like fucking blood money. I don't want that shit. <laughs> yes, because it, it, it's like I love playing with friends, and even if I did bring in a higher level character, I honestly probably wouldn't do that much. I would just be happy being able to like you know help them where they need help, or like bring in a lower level character that I can level up. I don't want to give stuff to people unless they ask for it, or unless they're trying to go for like a specific build. And I know that's going to be like a very long time until they get it. But I also know it's more rewarding if they find it themselves. Right. So like, you know, I'll ask like once or twice. But if you say no, like, all right, like don't even trip. Like unless you ask me, like I won't, I won't like push that on you. You know. Mm-hmm. So that's why I've kind of, like, I haven't played that as much. But I know playing Dying Light with you is going to be a lot more fun because we're going to be in the same shit show together. And you'll be like, all right, Thomas, like, you want to go tr- check out this, like, dark zone? And I'm like, do you do you feel prepared? Like, you're sure you want to do it? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> and I'm going to make sure you go down first so that you learn the lessons that I did. So. Interesting. You're going to bait? You're going to use me as bait? No, no, no. I'm not going to. If you want me to go down first, I'll go down first. But, like, I, like it, it's that situation where it's like I want you to have the same experience that I had. But if you want to play the game a little bit smarter, I will gladly lend you that knowledge of the experience that I had. Oh no! Like I, I want to like, I want to try and tackle these uh, adversities in my first go. Yeah, because I, I, solution. I promise you, dude. Like I, I will do anything you want to do in that game. But I know it's gonna be hard, and it's gonna be like, oh man, like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait for it because I'm like, either Ethan's gonna find a way to completely, like fuck everything in here or he's gonna realize why i was so scared <laughs> there's there's no other way around it i'm either gonna feel like a dumbass or gonna be like i told you <laughs> so hmm. interesting yeah because there's there's a trick i have learned due to that traumatizing experience for every dark zone uh but i'm gonna see if you figure it out so it's gonna be fun it's gonna be super fun <laughs> Yeah, let's see. Is it on sale right now? Just buy it. Fuck it. Yeah, well, well, hold up. Before you buy it, one thing I do want to ask. Wait, no, you said you have the S, right? Yeah. Okay, so then we should be able to play together. Never mind. That was my that was my concern. Uh, let's see. Xbox. I know that um, our friend Durbinton doesn't have any of the new Xboxes, and he wasn't able to play with us, so that's something I wanted to make sure before I get committed to that. I mean, there's a code right here, Dying Light 2 Stay Human Pre-Order Bonus. Xbox Series Key for 20 bucks From a shady website. That's a Steam key, I don't want that. I don't want that trash. No thanks. Let's see. Uh, I don't know. I can't find it. Buy Dying Light 2, Stay Human on Xbox. 60 bucks. What? Ridiculous. Not even trip. But, um, yeah. Uh, unless there's anything else you wanted to talk about the series, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be going on to some uh, other Marvel stuff. So I'll uh, probably put an edit. So if you want to fast forward to this portion of the podcast, uh, you can just go to a time segment. So uh, thank you for joining us. 
as we move on to your regularly scheduled Marvel tidbits. So, uh, yeah. All right, Ethan, you ready? Ready for me to, to, to geek out on you? Sure. All right. So you finished it. You, yep. you finished Loki. You know what's going to be coming up with Multiverse of Madness. Yep. How do you feel? Any questions? All of that. Yeah. What if... So I've, I've watched WandaVision and I've watched Loki. Okay. Okay. Loki's so the important one. Okay. So I don't know... So hold on. So at the end of Shang-Chi... All right. Okay. They talk about a blip at the at the fucking far end of the universe. Mm-hmm. Is that what they're talking about? Are they talking about that? Or are they that, talking about Galactus? And the shit that happened in Eternals. So, we haven't had a full confirmation on what that means. Okay. I I think it does probably tie into Loki. Or, or with that, though I, I think they're gonna go a different route. I don't, I don't think it's Galactus. I think they're gonna introduce Galactus in a slightly other way, tied, excuse me, uh, tied to Eternals. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I think it's gonna have to do with the the creator of the Ten Rings, like some some ancient shit, or like the original Mandarin and who he was supposed to be. Well, that that's why I thought it was uh, what's it called, the fucking Galactus, because he's one of the celestial beings, right? Am I yeah. Like yes, it would but, make sense. They they could have it happen, and that would, like was what attracts him to Earth. But that also opened to like a whole bunch of other stuff. Right. I'm I'm impressed though. What made you think it was Galactus? Like what what led you to that? Uh, I talked to I talked to somebody, and we were like, well, who is like ginormous and in space? And <laughs> it was that, or and he's already messed with Dormammu, so like I don't I don't know who else it would have been. Um, the other thing I think it could also potentially be is like it's divine because they they brought in Moon Knight so it'd be interesting if it was like other godlike beings but I think it's definitely going to be in like the celestial or, or god realm if that makes sense right and the only um, reason I think it's Galactus after watching Eternals that's what made me think of it was because you have this tech that was that's so powerful it's nothing they'd ever seen before right and the Eternals were kept secret, but the Eternals are robots. <laughs> are fucking yeah. fabricated beings, right? And they were Crazy. given weapons, right? They were given special, like, attributes and shit. Mm-hmm. And and so that makes me think that the Ten Rings is technology from that. So, you know, I don't know. We'll yeah, I, I think, I think with, like, tying into it relating... To, to the Eternals or like it being like a lost artifact is, is it's gotta be where they're gonna be heading mm-hmm. uh, I'm impressed man I'm not gonna lie I'm very impressed that you cause it, it took me a while to to piece more of that concretely cause a lot of it was up in the air ever since with the exception of the Eternals movie um everything after Endgame 
has been up in the air for me. Like I've I've intentionally not freshed up on my knowledge from it or read certain comics because I I want to start being surprised a little bit more. Okay. So. I mean, everything I'm saying, like, I have no, like, like, I'm not, like, married to this theory that I have, right? Like, yeah, if, like, someone says something that sounds better, like, I will be 100% convinced. So, like, that being said, I didn't really understand Loki. Now that okay. and Agatha's out of the picture, because she's fucking, she's in the prison, the time, the fucking... The the seventies show that seventies show prison, and uh, uh and uh, what's her name? S- uh, Sel- Selena Sa- uh, Salvia, Saliva, what? Uh, Stacy, the the other Loki, Sylvie. Sylvie, yeah, yeah. She uh, yeah. I don't know what the fuck's going on there. I don't know what happened there. They kissed each other, so I don't know if that's like incest or not. <laughs> Made me uncomfortable. Uh, what else? Uh, I don't know. Owen Wilson's character was really cool. I liked him. I thought it was funny that his name was Mobius. <laughs> uh, we and Morbius just came out, and nobody wants to talk about that. No, so. no, we do not. We don't we don't allow heresy here, and I, I I will go to the grave saying that Marvel explicitly has never made a bad movie because that movie was not made by Marvel. It was made in association with Marvel. It was made by Sony. Uh, yeah, I think I'll take that to my grave. What about Electra? Uh, Electra, uh, the original Daredevil, um, all I think those were all um, made in association. Technically, uh, I don't think. I don't think they have the rights to to Daredevil for a little bit. And if that is by Marvel, honestly, like, looking at the timeline, it's not that bad. I haven't seen Elektra. I can't speak to Elektra. Um, but I don't know. But I will stand by that. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. A production company, Marvel Enterprises. That movie is dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, hold on. When, when was Electra made? In 2005. Really? Hold yeah, on. that's correct. It's a spinoff from the 2003 film Daredevil, starring right. Daredevil and Kingpin. Electra. And Bullseye. Colin Farrell's Bullseye is good. I really liked his Bullseye. Uh, you what? <laughs> I really like Colin Farrell's Bullseye. He he go. made that movie. All right. didn't, have you not seen it? No, I've seen the, like, the original Daredevil with Ben Affleck. Yeah, you didn't like that? I think it was alright. I liked uh, like the way that they did his powers. The way they describe. I, I like the way that they explain both of their powers, to be honest. Um, okay, here we go. Released. Label producer. That's the album. Uh, produced by... Directed by. Bye. Fish of death. Let's see. What about? Oh, oh! I hold on. How could I fucking forget? Hold on. Let me make sure it's fucking their production company. Yep. Produced uh, production company's Marvel Entertainment. 
What about Ghost Rider? Okay. Uh, one, uh, the original Ghost Riders were good. Two, Electra is actually technically a spinoff. Uh, it is not full canon, nor is it meant to be. Um, well, it doesn't have to be canon. It doesn't have to be canon. That's a Marvel movie. You can't be back. It's a spinoff movie. Spinoff movies don't count. You're backpedaling. That's a super <laughs> villain or whatever. Actually, like, anti-hero. Anti-hero, dumb yeah, bitch. Get your facts straight. Get your facts like straight. Like a trash. I know that from Strike Force. She's only allowed to be played on villains' missions. Mm, well, maybe Strike Force is wrong. Well, that's a Marvel game, all right? <laughs> <laughs> You're just some quirked-up white boy. I'm a quirked-up brown boy. Thank you very much. Brown boy. Excuse me. Mocha man. Whatever. The yeah. And Ghost Rider, Nick Cage's Ghost Rider, starring Nick Cage. Honestly, I thought the, the Ghost Rider movies weren't, like, bad. I, I don't think they were bad. There were movies? There's two of them? Several? There's several of them? Yeah, there's Ghost Rider 1, and then there's Ghost Rider 2, Spirit of Vengeance. Oh. Yeah. Have I, have I seen Ghost Rider 2? I mean, he literally has, like, it's about his son, and uh, he, he yeah, pees as, like, a flamethrower. Okay, it's, it's not bad. Not better than one, but it's not bad. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't thing. think Nick Cage would be, like, the ideal candidate within, like, the MCU as a whole, but how they did Ghost Rider in those movies I thought was very, very good. Um, okay, so... With the exception of Elektra, because I haven't seen it, I do not believe Dare, like the MCU has really made a bad movie. Hold on, let me find another one. Give me a second. Hey, I'll find another one. Howard the Duck was was amazing. All right. Hold on, hold on. Let me type in this. Bad Marvel oh, wait, movies. Fuck. If Punisher Two is on there, then I have to recant my statement. <laughs> Um, the first the, one was amazing. The, the ten was... worst <laughs> Actually, Marvel movies. Or Dark World is also going to be on there. So you know what? It's very unlikely <laughs> that Marvel will ever make a bad movie. Nick Fury's Agents of Shield with uh, Hasselhoff. Hey, you, th those are good, all right. Agents of Shield was good. Howard the Duck is on this list. The Fantastic Four. Howard the newer the one. Good. Newer one was was. Well, they don't. Fuck. That's FX, isn't it? Yeah. I, do they? Uh, you know, no. That that was Fox. They just got those. Yeah. Hold up a second. Wait a minute. How many of these these movies are FX? That's because... what I was checking. I checked. I checked. <laughs> Electra is Marvel Studios, nerd. Damn it. I checked the production company. Fuck. That's no, why. I, that's why I waited. I looked it up no. before I checked. Let's see. Rise okay. of the Silver Surfers on here. I like that one, though. I do. I did. Uh, uh, let's see. The 2003 Hulk is on here. X-Men Origins is on here. But I like Origins. Yeah, Origins was amazing. Spider-Man 3 is on here. Toby Maguire's Spider-Man. but I liked no. it. No. I it's liked not it. a bad movie. That's a good movie. Let's see. Do you know when Asgardians of the Galaxy is going to come out? Uh, yes, actually. they uh, Chris, like, just post, posted something on it. Give me a second. Also, what do you know about Throg? <laughs> wait, wait, you mean, uh, um, Frog Thor? No, yeah, Throg. Throg, the Frog Dude, of so Thunder. so much. So much. His, 
the is that was kind of dumb. But is that me? Is that true or is that a meme? Yes, it, it was. So, and literally initially, I think it was that they gave um some like uh like uh <clears throat> underling uh the chance to like make some. They're like, look, we're, his we're name fucking... is fucking Puddlegup. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> And, and, and like he made it as a meme because he was like, I don't have any fucking idea. I don't know a frog version of Thor. Let's just throw it out there. And people fell in love with him. And so then they like, like they had to make him like a thing. It's like uh, like during like some like major battle or whatever, like a like a piece of Thor's hammer was like chipped off, and uh, it it bestowed itself to like this frog, and it like granted him sentience or whatever. It, it's so funny. Also, it, so speaking of that, I've just played Guardians of the Galaxy, right? There's a fucking... Have you gone to the Collector's Museum? Yeah, I have. Okay, okay. so Throg is in there, right? Yeah. He's in, like, a jar. Mm-hmm. Also, in Loki, he is also in there, in a jar. So, like, I was like, oh, no way, they made that for Guardians. And then I saw it again in the fucking show. I was like, nope, that's canon now. Like, Throg is real. Mm-hmm. So, what does that mean? There's a frog Loki? There's Honestly, frog as guardians? Okay, hear me out, hear me out. There's only one frog as guardian. I mean, t- technically there are other, like, versions of Thor, but we're not going to get into the access rabbit hole, because you also have, like, Better Ray Bill. I think, I think, they're going to make a Better Ray Bill movie, and that they're going to have a Throg series on Disney+. Plus. Calling it right now. Yeah, they'll probably do Throg as a series. But I would, I would, see, I would watch that. I would, I would binge that. <laughs> it's gonna be hilarious. Oh yeah, for sure. So, God, I fucking love Throg. He's he's like a, he's just a cute little guy, dude. He's a dude doing dude shit. Uh, what what's his mortal enemy? Hold on, Throg has like like a nemesis. Um, God, what is it? Throg there it is. Marvel. Oh, what's your question? I can get rid of this now. Disconnect. We're not talking about that anymore. Oh, I posted Throg. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um, I, I think his nemesis is like another animal, but like I'm trying to find it. Um, Throg. Enemy Marvel. Okay, here we go. Simon Walterson. That's his nemesis his name? Uh I hold on. I don't wanna Here we go. So <laughs> Puddle Guff. I mean, I don't mean to derail this podcast. I know you want to talk about. No, 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 no. I, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, that's what it initially was. What? Okay. Uh. So aside from that, like he was initially unable to play like the switch for service. Uh. He got transformed into a frog, and then the chip of Mjolnir found its way to to him. After he was accepted into a clan of uh, frogs, and he was bestowed the name Puddlegup. <laughs> um, he has he one of his nemesis is a rat. Um, uh, and then 
Dog of Thunder. Okay, there's like, there's a rat, <laughs> there's a goat, holy shit, and there's a, um, this is too, this is too funny. Interesting. Yeah, there's a, there's a goat and a rat that are his, like, main enemies. I'll have to ask my pops if he knows anything about Throg. Dude, Throg is a great, he's, he's an underrated character. Yeah, probably my favorite in the MCU now. Now that I know he's canon. <laughs> uh, Have I shown you my background on my my desktop background? Is it Throg? No, it's not Throg. Okay, Here. I'm curious. I want to see it. <laughs> oh yeah, I could have been like looking at you this entire time, dude. Instead of talking to the vo oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> it's the sus Avengers, dude. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now I will show my face. I, I'm I'm dumb. I could have been looking at your beautiful face this entire time. Oh god, I gotta cut mine on. Hold on. That that is pretty cool though. I'm, I'm I like that. I've got socks all over the floor. This ain't gonna be on the thing, is it? Uh, no, I don't have I don't have like visual recording it. Well, you got socks all over your floor, Ethan. What are you uh, What are you doing in your free time? Because I don't I don't marry my socks. Hold on. <laughs> Oh, oh, geez. <laughs> Gee, Willikers, Batman. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop streaming there. Cool. Those are instructions oh, for dude. my my amp. Looks yeah. it looks cool. Yeah, our boy's playing guitar now. So who? You. Not me. Yeah, you are. Not me. You're Couldn't learning. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. but yeah. So we've got dude. I, you you look like a streamer. Like you could be a streamer. Like I would I would watch you stream, like in a good way, honestly. I mean, I want to, but people don't think I'm funny. I I mean I think you're pretty good. You can clown that's my ass half the time. That's because you're nice. <laughs> oh okay. If All you right. weren't nice, you'd you'd give it to me straight, dude. Okay, you'd hear be me like, out, right? Ethan, your fucking Groucho looking ass can't stream. <laughs> I mean, it's better than me being bald, dude. Look at this. Look at this. My, my head's dead. <laughs> You've got a, more hair than I do. I put a hat on because of that. <laughs> I was like, not going to catch me slipping. Uh, welcome to the spinoff of the Joe Rogan podcast, everybody, where we will talk about our receding hairlines. What's, yeah. the, what's the name? What's uh, what's the dude's name? Pull, pull it up. Jamie, pull it up. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Jamie, zoom in on Thomas's, Thomas's forehead. No, <laughs> can't do this to me. <laughs> do you have any idea how much I've laughed? <laughs> oh shit, uh, dude! If we if we start like if we at some point move in together or like are close enough to stream together, we have to like name our our like streamcast or whatever like Tweedledee and Twinkledum or something mm. like that. Yeah, it'll probably be something silly for sure. But yeah, what was my train of thought? Where are we where are we going with this? Loki. Right. Multiverse of madness. Yes. The multiverse of madness. Yeah. So um but yeah, you said you were confused by Loki. Uh so 
yeah, what part does that play in the multiverse thing? Okay, yeah, so this this is very impactful. So up until the timeline events of, of Loki, if you want to get technical with it, up until Endgame and now kind or yeah. There's only been ever one timeline, which is why we never really saw other people. And it's also what made Spider-Man No Way Home even possible. No Way Home would not have been possible if Loki did not happen. Because there's only been one one timeline that's been contained. So there's only been like, all the Avengers that we see, their Earth that they're on, all that is, is prime, as you could call it. Okay. Loki breaking the loop, so to speak allowed for branching realities different choices to spawn these these new lines of time so because loki happened it allowed for no way home to happen so now the multiverse exists the multiverse did not exist until loki broke that loop how is that true no wait i take that back so those were the prerequisites for the sh for shit to happen the way that it did, right? Yes. So where on the timeline does that happen? Does it happen at this? Does it happen at the same time that No Way Home is happening? And then at the end of No Way Home, whenever that shit is like crackling across the sky, is the same instance that that shit is going down at the end of the universe. So that that's that's the million dollar question, actually. So I then up, we don't know. We don't know uh, if Loki well, is a dude. Well, yes, because the the TVA. So technically speaking, right, the the branch off realities can happen at any point, but the TVA prevents that, keeping a a prime. But now the TVA has been disbanded uh, because there has been a reality that is past the absolute point. And now you have Kang, who's reformatted the TVA and have has has had all this other stuff happening. That's um, Kang. Yeah, that, oh, that was Kang the Conqueror. I didn't think that they ever said his name. Maybe I didn't they, hear. They it. didn't. But Kang has an alias in the comics, known as the He Who Remains. Mm, okay, then this makes sense now. So Kang is going to be the enemy in Multiverse of Madness, and that's why it ties in. I, so, he could be. That's a theory. Um, there are other theories that Wanda may be the, uh, the enemy. Because the other reason why it's important is if you look at the trailer, uh, when Strange has the cuffs on, that the room, the uh, simulacrums that we see, or whatever they are, resembles the TVA a little bit. And when he's brought before a council, we think that that might be the Illuminati that was created because of what happened with the TVA. The Illuminati is Marvel canon? <laughs> Not the Illuminati you're thinking of. The Illuminati consists of um, Reed Richards, Charles Xavier, Doctor Strange. We heard Xavier's voice at the end of a movie, didn't we? Yes. Uh, in the trailer, it, it, it sounded like, um, uh, like we have to tell him or something like that. Yeah. So... Well, that was No Way Home's end credit thing, right? Um, no, actually. What movie the... was that? No, it wasn't in a movie. That was like the, in the trailer for Multiverse of Madness. Oh, maybe it was. Maybe I saw the trailer at No Way No Home. Way Home didn't actually have an end credit scene. The end credit scene was a release of the Multiverse trailer opening night. 
Yeah, that's true. That's right. So that's right. Um, and I, I talked about this with my physics professor a little bit because he does like theories of relativity and black holes and a bunch of other stuff. But it also kind of goes back into what Bruce Banner said, right? Like, mm -hmm. just because you're changing your future doesn't necessarily change your past. So if you if you want to think about it, like in that moment where it was happening, technically it's happening during Avengers, but Loki. Like the look that we know. Movie wise, it doesn't happen until after Endgame, but because of Endgame, those stones had to be returned, those stones were lost, and that's what started Loki's Loki becoming a deviant, if that makes sense. So it's it's hard to place. We can speculate one of two points in which it happened. But because of how events are unfolding and why they haven't introduced the multiverse until now, and you have to think of Marvel's timing with both what if multiverse of madness and no way home. I don't, I don't think it's a coincidence at all that those movies and these events happened after Loki. And if you, in the newest Dr. Strange trailer, cause you've seen what if you know what happens to you haven't seen what if, I'm gonna shut up. Okay. Um, yeah, because I haven't seen what if. I've only why I told you what I watched was was Wandavision and Loki. That was it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you. Yeah, were, a, yeah. That's okay. That's okay. But yeah. Um. I mean, it doesn't play a major role, but like there, I would say like there's some Easter eggs that I think ties it all in together. But it's it's not a coincidence that all, that those three things came after Loki. Because okay. even even Kang was explaining like no. I, I prevented the multiverse from existing or from, from happening because if it does, other versions of me are going to cause a, a time war, essentially. Like, I'm one of the good ones. The other versions of me make me look like Mary Poppins. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. And that's the other reason, too, is, like, why he only knew what would happen up to that point because you could almost call that, like, a time paradox. If Loki decides to accept that, then... Things continue on the way that it is. He wanted to give them the choice and give them actual free will. Because he's like, now that you know the grand scheme of things, like, am I really the bad guy? Like, I, you make that choice. Because regardless, we'll end up back here at some point. So are you going to make a different decision? Or are you going to keep these bad things from happening? And I think it also goes in really well, because I don't know if you know this, but at some point, Loki becomes Sorcerer Supreme. I think this is setting up a redemptive arc for him in both how he's learning about the new manifestations of his power. So I, I think that he's going to be set up to either take Kang's place or become the next Sorcerer Supreme, while Doctor Strange deals with everything happening in Multiverse of Madness, and I would, I would bet you money that Loki will make an appearance in Multiverse of Madness. I did not know he was going to be Sorcerer Supreme. He, he he becomes it at some point in the comics in one of the newest runs. Oh, okay. I, I don't know if that's where they're gonna go. I I have a I am heavily speculating that that is what they're planning, which I, I mean, think would be would kind be, of cool. I mean, that would be a good move for to keep him relevant. No. So, I can see your your gears turning. Something still isn't. No, I mean that don't make sense. 
Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, like I'm following. I'm following pretty well. It's okay. I mean, I, hmm. I don't know. I mean, there's nothing really else that I have to say. Yeah. So, and like with with everything Fox related, and also with what happened to um, like the symbiote at the end of No Way Home, like it brings in like the Hive Mind Collective and a bunch of other stuff, and you know, da 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 X Y and Z. <sighs> You're still going to see Morbius, so I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but there, there's another reason I don't like this movie. And I, I just, the movie was poorly made. And just, yeah. Interesting. I mean, I have no doubt that it's going to be dog, doggy do, but um, I just have to see it. Like, I've seen every single Marvel movie in the in the theaters. I'm really surprised you're not going to see it. I'm really surprised. I mean, I, I like supporting Marvel in ways that I can. I have, I'm not, well, if I, everybody has types on the internet. I mean, I can watch it on the internet somewhere for free, potentially. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I'll probably see it that way. But what I've heard, what people have told me more than anything, one of the biggest reasons why I don't want to see it is because. Do you want Spider Man to be given back to Marvel? I mean, I, I have boycotted in the past, but no, um, oh, really actually, surprisingly, that. like that, that was, that was a very good uh, guess. Okay. Is the end credits. I don't know whose decision it was. I don't know if Sony pushed it. I don't know what's going on, but the end credits almost defeats a big part of what Marvel has been trying to set up. It, it just, it, it defeats a lot of reasonable theories it creates a time fallacy, a multiple, a multiverse fallacy. Um, and for one of the character arcs in the movie, they end up giving, they end up making it meaningless. It was set up well, and then they just kind of like their that event for that character no longer holds a purpose for what it could have held. And it also goes against some other vampire lore. Because actually, I didn't know if you know this. I'm a big um, lore buff when it comes to vampires and werewolves. I didn't know that. So, and I've also had to do that for like D&D. And I so, think... Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I keep trying to interrupt you. Go ahead. The, the very final thing I'll say is that one of the best vampiric adaptations that I think I've seen in cinema was Dracula Untold. Because it went into a lot of the more nitty gritty behind some vampire boat like vampire lore and stipulations that I, I thought needed to be addressed. That's your favorite vampire movie? Yeah. My favorite? Van Helsing. Hugh Jackman's Van Helsing. Really? Yeah, that is a fucking great movie. Okay. Okay. Yep. So I I never watched it all the way through. I've only seen pieces. I've heard it. So had... good. So okay. good. So good. Gotta watch it. Um so the reason that like I had high hopes for Morbius was not that it was going to be a good movie, but it was what the, the idea of a vampire in a Marvel universe indicated, which was Blade. I was hoping Blade would fucking show up at some point. Like at the end, they'd be like, I heard there's a vampire here. <laughs> so if I could have, uh, what's his name? The dude, uh, Wesley Snipes come in and fucking be like, it's been, I've been out the game a long time. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, or some shit, and then like fucking come out with his trench coat and fucking leather and shit and get ready. I'm like, it's like Blade 2025 or some shit. I'm like, no. But, bro, that was what I was hoping. I was like, I was like, I don't give a shit what this movie runs, like how it runs through. Like, I didn't care. I don't care about Morbius as a character. I think he's like boring, actually. And I was like, but this means that there could be Blade, right? This means Blade is in the picture because with a vampire, there needs to be a vampire hunter. But do you everybody... want to tell you whether or not he's in there? No, I know exactly that. he's. I know he's not. I know he's yeah. not. I know so, 100% that he's not after having conversation, like several conversations. Wasted opportunity yeah. is what I will say. Absolute wasted opportunity. They could have done that. I think they should have done that. And for the fans, that's something they would have wanted. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's disappointing. It's really disappointing. The The visual effects for Blade, for not Blade, for Morbius are stunning. Honestly. I, I it's It's really cool. But... Again, it all goes back to the plot. And they didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, I can aimlessly watch a movie and yeah. be like, yeah, like this is like, I'm just here for a good time. Like, I'm just here to watch explosions and shit like Fast and Furious movies. That's why I go. There. I don't go there for the fucking plot. I go there to see real cool cars, cool <laughs> tech and shit blow up. I, and... I will say I never. Sorry, continue, continue. No, no, no. That's pretty much it. So, like, I'm kind of going into this movie like that, not like a traditional Marvel movie. That's definitely a good mindset to have. Like, for the quick side deviation, I have not seen the new Fast and Furious movie, but I heard that it was, like, absolute bananas off the wall plot of just, like... You've got to watch it. You've got to watch it, dude. (laughs) So, do you remember what happens in 7? Or eight or whatever, whatever the one was before that. So not this I saw one Hobbs and Shaw. Um, and then okay, and you know that they were fucking fighting a super soldier. Yeah, the whole fucking time? yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's even crazier than that, dude. It's crazier than them fighting cyborg Black Superman. <laughs> yes. So like okay. they think about like, I heard they go to the fucking moon at some point or something like that. They don't go to the moon, but there's some shit that goes on. <laughs> They take a Fiero to space. <laughs> what? Yeah, dude. It's fucking crazy. Holy yeah. shit, dude. So it's uh yeah, I I recommend it just for fun. Just to watch it for fun. Like have absolutely no expectations for it other than like seeing explosions and expensive practical effects. Like that's okay. it. All right, but oh man. So yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna pick your ear when you when you finally see Morbius to get your your official take on it. Yeah, I, I have no doubt that it's gonna be poopy doo doo, crusty buns. But like, we'll we'll cross that bridge. Yeah. The it, uh, it, were you speculating that Blade could have possibly been in that movie? Yeah, I, do you I agree was, that it was like a, probably the best place to put him? I yes, a hundred and ten percent. Okay, I could not agree with you more. Okay, like. And I haven't, I could do some like research now, I mean later, but I haven't heard definitively why it was pushed back like two years. He, someone got an, someone got an injury, a really bad injury. That's what I'm, it was. I think so. I think Leto got injured doing an, a stunt or something. 
or he got more plastic surgery done or I don't know, some, something, it was something okay. to do that made somebody out of commission. It wasn't. And then they ended up having to reshoot a lot. Damn. Okay. Part of my worry was that like, it was either like a <laughs> an issue with Marvel that came up or after Loki, they decided to like redo some stuff. Um, I, I didn't fully know, but I, I already knew like it being delayed for that long. Didn't bode well for a movie. Like that's, that's an issue on its own. So it's just, it's just sad because it's not even like the actor's fault. Like the actor does a good job for the role that he's given. It's just whoever directed it did not. I don't know. I feel like there's more stuff that went on behind the scenes that just hasn't been released or discussed, but uh, that's the only reason I'm even more disappointed. So uh, an interesting fact too, with vampires or at least in the Marvel universe, I'm almost certain that the reason why they need blood is because of the plasma and from the blood. And technically, uh, Morbius, like at some uh, at one point or another, develops a technique where he doesn't have to drain people's blood. He just drains their plasma. And I think, like, doesn't have to kill or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's really it's really interesting. Because he's a dark hunter, so. He's a member, oh, yeah. of, the, he's a member of the dark hunters, so. It gets crazy. Like Dracula in in Marvel is mm. bananas. Oh, I didn't even is, know he was in. Marvel. Yeah, no, Dra- Dracula Dracula exists in the Marvel universe. Lucifer and God exist in the Marvel universe. Like, what? yeah. So there, there's a um, it's like an end conjunction with like Vertical Comics or whatever. But uh, in Preacher, there's a crazy thing that happens, and like the. There's like two different storylines, but well, I guess that makes sense because Constantine is Marvel. Y- yes. Wait, haha. <laughs> what? I-, I don't know if you're making like a DC joke or if you were like. Is Constantine not Marvel? No, John- I'm serious. John, John Constantine-, Constantine is DC. Oh, oops. Yeah, <laughs> almost got you. <laughs> I almost fooled myself and you. <laughs> no, um, like I'm. You know, they don't, I don't think they have, I don't think they have someone, I think, I think he's, I think it's someone like Constantine, but he's given a different name. Um, What's that dude from Romeo and Juliet? Uh, uh, Parrish, Parrish Brown. So they got, they got him in here. I, I don't think they replaced him with Jesse. Hold on. Let me do a uh, quick search before I stop mm-hmm. some shit. Marvel Preacher. Okay, yeah, so it's not, um, yeah, Constantine is DC. They use uh, Jesse, uh... Preacher was a mutant whose precognitive powers were focused through the paintings and murals he composed. He's from Earth 616. That might be him, Constantine. Um... Um, Yeah, powers and abilities... Preacher's powers are expressed through his paintings and murals. I don't know. Okay, never mind. I was I, I got confused with something else on a uh, DC for for a quick second, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, no. Like, uh, God is technically like one above all, uh, but the devil is in. I, I guess like I think there is the actual devil, and if not, then Mephisto is considered the devil of Marvel comics. Um. But yeah. Diablo too. But yeah, no. Dra- Dracula exists and he's he's cracked. Santa Claus is a mutant, you learn. 
Um, he's he's one of the most powerful mutants. His like rating is like un is technically not fully cataloged. Mm. Um, yeah, there's some crazy shit. <laughs> there, there, it's, it gets wild. But there eventually there's a uh, I think it's after one of the Doctor Sinister arcs. Um, they end up having a small war with like Dracula and his underlings or something like that. And Spider-Man has to team up with Morbius because Spider-Man has a big relationship with Morbius. Um, I would say between all of the, the crisis of, you know, good versus evil is what I'm doing justified. He has those conversa conversations primarily with Morbius and with Daredevil out of anyone else in the comics. And they really, they really supplement each other well. I think. Interesting. So. I didn't know that. Spider-Man really. Because, you know, a lot of these people are in New York. And, um, but with murder. Rock and Morbius. Okay. Yeah, she's actually very similar to Gwen Stacy, and I don't think that was a coincidence. I think that's that's why that ended up happening. Um, she's a thief, right? She's she like, is, and almost thief. every time uh, he lets her get away with yep. what, what she's doing. Yeah. So there, there was one point where uh, to get away, this was really shitty too, but it was like a, almost like a meme comic. She proposed right in front of him while she was trying to get away. And then, uh, essentially, like kicked his ankle out and dipped <laughs> yep. before he could give an answer. But that's the, that's the other thing, though, is that he never gives an answer. Mm. He's kicked before he can. So mm. there's a lot of interesting stuff with that. Um, yeah, like Matt, they have like they have chemistry, don't they? Like oh yeah, yeah. That's what <laughs> like, I thought. and I've only ever seen her in video games. So like Spider-Man video games, they portray the chemistry very well in the games, and um. And the MCU right now, I like how they've portrayed Mary Jane. And Mary Jane eventually gets better. And I really love... Because there's a Renew Your Vow storyline where Peter finally has a kid. And you get to see her arc, which is really, really cool. Um, but up until that arc, which was like in 2020, I, I hated Mary Jane. I thought Mary Jane was an absolute horrible partner for Spider-Man. I did not like her at all. I preferred Gwen Stacy and Black Cat. So the so can i ask you 
the dude in the chair. Well, I forget his name. I know uh, a lot of dudes in the chair. Dudes, in, <laughs> dudes, not not Xavier, the Spider-Man dude in the chair. Uh, oh, are you talking about um Ned? Ned. Okay. Yeah, Ned. You said Ned. We had a small conversation about this. Ned turns into Hobgoblin. Yeah. I thought that was Harry. I thought Harry turned into Hobgoblin. Harry does not be. So Hobgoblin and Green Goblin are actually two separate characters. Yeah. I thought, yeah, so you got Green Goblin and then you got the son, Hobgoblin. I thought that's no, how that worked. No, actually. So there, there's a final fight. It depends. There are two variations depending on which one you go. The first one is that. Yeah, the first one is that Green Goblin kills Gwen Stacy and the the scene from the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie where like the glider hits him after he dodges that's what happens Goblin dies Harry picks up the mantle of Green Goblin they just don't know for a very long time the two variations of Hobgoblin is that I think the first one is that like he's a disgruntled uh employee from Oscorp. Yep. I who finds like the plans and like the goblin formula and be, becomes green uh hobgoblin. I forget the specific event that happens, but I just I can't remember. I know I know something really bad happens and Ned ends up becoming Hobgoblin. And it's like rough. Interesting. It's the second time that a close friend turns villainous for for peter who was the first one for tom holland's peter there isn't exactly so that means we're gonna have something i i think i know what might happen i i have a a rough idea of what might happen and i hate it they're not gonna gwen stacy mary jane is that what i don't think i don't think they would uh, and they already showed that it doesn't seem the route that Mary Jane and Ned will have a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. But that does not mean that the that if if Ned and Peter reconnected, he told them everything, right? Mm-hmm. Try to try to do that whole thing. Right. Maybe it would mean a lot to him. Maybe it would jog his memory, maybe it wouldn't. Who knows? Because in the script, the the un- the officially released script for the the movie, No Way Home. Uh, when they're acting as a character, under like the line for Mary Jane, it says she has the faintest recognition of who he is. So, I think if after the events of Multiverse of Madness or something else, if Ned gets back his memories and sees that Peter didn't do what he promised him he would do, and also like say someone close to him dies, and he thinks that if Peter had just been honest with him or had shared that information, maybe things would be different. I could see that turning to hate because one of the best quotes I think I've ever heard is you can't truly hate someone until you've truly loved them. Yep. So that makes sense. It's a, it's a, I don't, I don't know, man. I can't see Ned being a bad guy. That's that's the worst part, though, isn't it? What if you take one of the most beloved characters 
and have something either so dark happen or something as like a slight miscommunication that just starts, you know, prodding the fire for this person to turn dark. Right. Or it'll be even more horrible, I think, too, if what if Ned doesn't remember at all and then something happens to him and Peter has to fight him. Right. Like, he's not going to remember the promise he made when those other people came of not turning into a villain. He's not even going to know who Peter is or who he's hurting. Yeah. So, like, just, I mean, imagine that. You've you've got Hobgoblin now, like, attacking Mary Jane or um, Happy or, you know, whoever else. And he learns it's Ned. He's not going to be able to talk him down. He doesn't know who he is. That's going to be, like, horrible. Like... But also, it'll finally be some good fucking food. <laughs> so, did you play the Spider-Man games? I've watched the walkthroughs for all of them, because I don't okay. have a PlayStation. So, so you know Feast. Which one? Feast is the charity organization, the nonprofit that all Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, you see that in Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Mm, that is true. That is and true. You, and what's his? What's the dude's name? Uh, Mister Negative or something? Oh shit! Uh, that funds that entire operation. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Okay, I'm concerned where you're going now. So, what if this was? So after we had that conversation, this is where I spiraled to. Right? I was like, well, who okay. else? Who else can they find? Like they find to like manipulate him, right? So I, assuming that Ned turns to top Hobgoblin, I suspect that Mister Negative somehow influences Ned, and with that, this hate is just brewed, right? Or Ned has some sort of affiliation to Mister Negative, okay? Right, and because. He has no affiliation with the spider anymore. Why why would he have moral like moral and ethical like standings on anything, right? He's completely he can be fucking completely morphed and molded into whatever somebody wants. Oh you know? man. So so you know because they're about to go to MIT, right? Yeah. And Mr. Negative is a businessman. So what if he gets like an internship at like Mr. Negative's headquarters or something? Bro. And then that's how they they morph him into a villain. Is like he finds out what Mr. Negative is actually into, finds that's out he can make a quick crazy. buck. Or he goes an experiment goes horribly wrong and like fucking hurts somebody, or he becomes disfigured. Or something. I don't know. I don't know Hobbs' whole story, so I I can't do anything. But wow. but wouldn't that be some shit? That would be wouldn't... insane. That I I like that. I'm impressed. Once again, Ethan, I am impressed. That is so. That is a good fucking pitch. <laughs> so is is the thing is is I don't know if they're canon. Mister Nate, like in comic wise, or. I like Mr. Negative. I don't I don't even know if he's in the comics. I thought they made him just for the game. I don't um I don't think so. I'm almost certain. It might not be Mr. Negative. Yeah. Oh no. Here he is. 
Earth 616. Yeah, yep. no, he's nope, a, no, he exists. Yeah, first appearance in 2007. Yeah, usually an enemy of Punisher, Spider Man, Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, so, um, I could, I could definitely, I could definitely see that. Um, okay. That'd be really good. That'd be really good. Wouldn't that be cool? I like that a lot. Um, so that also gives them a very interesting way to introduce Harry, though. And hear me out. Do you do you know what the fans' decision for casting Harry in Tom Holland's universe is? Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. Hmm. Chalamet. Timothy Sh- Chalamet. Sorry. Uh, Chalamet, yes. <laughs> Goodness, man. <laughs> Any, anyways, so that'd be. I mean, I yeah. I mean, I could see that, but that'll be interesting with Tom Holland's already knowing what the fuck happens to Oscorp. Mm-hmm. You've got insider information, dude. How do you respond to that? So, yeah, so, like, do you get close, keep your friends close, your enemies closer, or do you, like, put my eye on you? (laughs) Like, it's opened up so many doors, and just the dynamic alone, like you said, him being morphed into whatever, I don't don't think they're going to get rid of him. Fans love him. He's a good actor. He's He's been in the past three movies. And all of this, too, is, like, before he gets to college, before he really starts being... Spider-Man, like more so. It doesn't look like Tom Holland's Spider-Man is going to go to college. I don't know if you remember at the end, he like <laughs> opens up a test prep book and then fucking closes it and puts on his suit and then goes outside. Did he open it? I thought he got it in the mail. He No, he like opened it on the desk and then closed it. I'm pretty sure. Let's see. Yeah, because I, I thought that was alluding to that he was still going to try and go to college. Because I forget exactly where in the comics, but technically there is another thing that can happen, which is called Horizon, that also is uh, like a rival school to like whatever Oscorp funds. But Oscorp so far doesn't seem to exist either, which I think is kind of weird. So I'm really curious if they're going to introduce it at all. So, um. And there are also really interesting Easter eggs in the rifts for like Scorpion, for Craven. Like, it's cool that we get to see these other villains, but let me see here. I'm watching it right now. I could have just recalled it wrong. Such this a sad so scene. Sad. Yeah, it's so sad. That's what I'm going to feel like when I move to Charlotte. <laughs> Dude, hopefully I'll be up there, man. Don't even. Okay. Got that. Picks it up. Did I miss it? The fuck? Just like... Yeah, he's got it in the... He doesn't close it, it's just it's packed with him. Oh, okay. So then he never opened it. He never cracked the book. Yeah. So I, I think the reason that they should, I knew there was a reason that I thought that he just made, he actively made the decision to be Spider-Man instead of a student. I mean, 
it it kind of goes into the duality of you know like trying to live two separate lives or whatever but even with toby you know it, i think he's still struggling with it i don't think he's made a full decision because why would he bring the book if he wouldn't plan for it right like i mean i, I, just, I just don't options true he doesn't know like right now like at that point in the movie, he was completely severed from the obligation of being Spider-Man, right? Like, he could have hypothetically packed up everything and fucking just been a student and just lived a normal kid's life. But he actively made the hero's choice, which was be Spider-Man, be a superhero, okay. make a difference. Man. I mean... True. I don't know. I'll have to see. Like, that's... I mean, yeah, we won't know until the next movie comes out. True. Did uh oh? Did you? Well, speaking of which, though, did you hear like what um Tom Holland had said in like in a statement after like sometime after the movie? No. So they're already setting up and have plans in the works for another trilogy with Tom Holland. Um. Yeah, like they 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 want him, and he's ready. Sony's ready. They they've already like begun making other deals. But Tom Holland also said, like, since he's been with Zendaya, that, well, that would be an honor, and I don't feel like I'm ready to, like, you know, retire from this role yet. I mm. also want to have some time to start focusing on a family. So, it may be some time before we, like, get that again. Or see, like, a like a solo film with just Spider-Man. Aside from, like, a cameo or something. Interesting. So, yeah. Um... That's just like the latest news on that, but yeah, I'm curious now. I I like where your mind's at. Those that's really I can't. I haven't heard a better like idea for Ned, other than like what you just said. Like that's the best one I've heard. That's that's really good. Mm -hmm. Damn. Okay. Maybe maybe I don't. But Mary Jane doesn't do photography. She has, like, zero interest in photography in that world. And, like... Did she say she wanted to do journalism or no? She might have. I, I didn't catch that. Okay. I was I too like pissed that the... he didn't say something to her. <laughs> what would... What would you have, like... How would you have liked the situation to go, Ethan? What would, what would you have said? Hey, pretty mama. <laughs> Hit her with the Johnny Bravo. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay. That. All right. All right. Whew. Um. They're probably okay. Well, the direction they're going with like Ned and Gwen Stacy, I think, needs to happen, and that they should Gwen stay Stacey. focused. Or uh, Ned and Mary Jane okay. are going is gotcha. going well. I think they need to focus on like those characters alone. Mm -hmm. But I think it would be interesting. It would be an interesting dynamic if now that he, you know, that's been done. What if he met Gwen Stacy in college before going back to like reconnecting with Mary Jane? Right, right. What if. Now hear me out. I'm here. I'm here. Mm -hmm. They brought in Spider Pig. And that just threw a loop for everybody, threw everybody a loop. Anything, Bob? We got the multi, the multiverse now. I mean, End of the Spider Verse Two is coming out, so 
Spider Pig Two confirmed. That's why Spider they're Pig wet. Confirmed. I just wash my hands. <laughs> That's why they're wet. No other reason. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Honestly, like a Spider Pig Howard the Duck spinoff, I think would be hilarious. That'd be great. Could possibly. Yeah, throw Throg in there. Maybe. Yeah, you've got you've got the pet Avengers, dude. Yeah, yeah, dude. There you go. I don't even um, know what the fuck Howard the Duck does. What does he do? He's the duck detective. I knew that was. I should have <laughs> known. I should have known it was some <laughs> dumb shit. So, uh, for those of you that got my Gravity Falls reference, I appreciate you. Thank you. We love you. <clears throat> What's Gravity Falls? That's why they're wet. <laughs> I can't with you. Uh, Leave my chat. Um, holy shit. Yeah. You're going to have so, a lot to fucking trim down for this podcast. Am I? I'm doing it live, we... dude. We're almost done. I'm about to cut it off, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, I'm chilling. Yeah. Uh, the final... I lost my train of thought. Where, where were we? Hold up. It's there. It's coming. You girls or I ladies? <laughs> the the long awaited debate <laughs> of how Ethan got got yeah probably yeah um but yeah other than that um the the final bit that I was gonna go over for like specifically with with that movie Ricky destroying I lost my train of thought again God damn it so good so ladies good. and gentlemen we now have our uh, our guest uh, speaker coming in here uh, Mister. Mm-hmm. Gonna be a seven-hour podcast. <laughs> What's up, Ricky? Not too much. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just gonna. I was just gonna creep. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're good. We're actually we're actually wrapping up the, the final bit. I, I was gonna go somewhere relevant, and now all of this is like derailed me. So, um, so here I'll help you recap. Oh, so so you were talking about we were talking about Spider Man. We were talking about Spider Pig, Howard the Duck, and then you said, "Oh, speaking of." So I assume it was something to do with the Spider Verse, because uh, yeah, we talked about Spider Verse. I think it was Spider Verse and relationships. Okay. Um. Oh, I remember now. I remember now for the final bit. So, yeah, w- with all of that, the other theory that I have, like between Multiverse Madness and, and this and where they might go, I think at some point they're going to get their memories back. I don't think that they're going to be gone forever. Even if it's not the world, I think it might be some of those that are closest to him, or or at the very least. Stephen Strange, because too much has happened for all of that to just be gone. Like, yeah, clean slate, cool, going back to Spider-Man roots, I get it. But between Endgame, like him being part of a whole war, and Stephen remaining, like, re- retaining his memories of one of those events, um, I think I think at least one person will get their memories back because it'll be nice to have at least one person that he can confide to. Because again, he still has like PTSD. He's got to in some form between losing Stark and being part of an actual war. And that's just, I, I don't think in terms of storytelling or writing that that'll be something they overlook. And if not, I think it'd be interesting at some point or another to see like a superhero therapy organization or something pop up or, or, or something. Because he doesn't even have happy anymore. So I think I think something will happen with that, but... That's uh, that's pretty much my my final thoughts. So, but yeah, 
I think that they don't have to give anybody their memories back. I think that they can completely run with a essentially like a naked Tom Holland, right? Like he doesn't. Okay. That's fair. That's very right. Fair. So like, cause they still have yet to introduce really, they have yet to give Rhino a character, Scorpion, a character. Uh, who else? We were just talking Craven. about Mr. Negative. We got, we got Craven, but I think that that's too like abstract for, for people to, to grab. Like, I don't think that, they'll do Craven the Hunter probably for like the last movie. I like the last of the trilogy. Really? Okay. Because I, I, I don't think that he'll, because Craven the Hunter, like not that he's like so abstract that people don't know him, but like he's not a part of the Sinister Six, right? Right? Uh, not, not really. You know? I thought he was going to be a part of this movie because I thought like, you know, him being framed for murder would have been a perfect way to introduce mm-hmm. that. But Right. They don't have saying, uh what else? They don't have. Um... But we're about no, to. No, they do. They do have uh, Donald Glover. Is the fucking? Uh, he's the Prowler, isn't he? Or is he? He's like my uh, my. Uh, I got a nephew that lives in this town. Yeah, I want to keep it. He is supposed to be Prowler. Yeah. So we he have somebody for the. Yeah. So we have Prowler. I'm trying to think. Like I, I just feel like there's so many other avenues that they can like shift around before they like give somebody their memories back. And he still has that, uh, that romance with Gwen Stacy and they haven't even given black cat anybody yet. You know, um, who else? There's another girl villain that Spider-Man fights. There's like a, there's one lady. Canary. Black Canary. Black Canary is DC. Is it DC? They look the, they look the same, dude. (laughs) They look the same fucking outfit. (laughs) Yeah, because Black uh, Canary's in the Arkham games. Yeah. No. Continue. <laughs> is it not? Is it not in the second game? Is Black Canary not in the second game? You're talking about the the Arkham games, like the Arkham Knight, with not Arkham City. No, he's in the Injustice. Ga- she's in the Injustice games. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna check. Eva was in Arkham City. Damien was mentioned, unless that was a side mission I missed, but I, I couldn't tell you. I don't think so, though. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, like, closing remarks, aside from anything else you might want to bring up, would be, uh, who you think might make an appearance in Multiverse of Madness. Uh, and then that's pretty much a wrap. Dormammu. You think Dormammu? Dormammu's gonna be there, yeah. Okay. And Agatha, and also, uh, I don't know. Spider-Man. Crazy! <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> uh, who else? Who would be someone off the fucking wall you would not expect? Tony Stark. Tony Super- Stark's gonna be in Superman. He's <laughs> 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 off the wall. Yeah. Tony Stark would be like fucking mind blowing to see. I if you were, if you really went off the wall, I was gonna say like um, Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer would be cool. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. That a lot. There's a lot that you can do. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if anyone that like any characters that uh, were acquired from Fox or like any X-Men, Hugh Jackman, um, Mm. or just any like past actors from X-Men or Fantastic Four or uh, even freaking dude, if they, if they did that, that'd be really cool. I think that'd be a cool move. 
That'd be if, a what they move. wrap blade in. Dude, I think Dude. there's gonna be like a moment where they're just like, 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 just going through different like walls of universes, and you're just gonna see like, like Easter eggs or tidbits, like fucking Ben Affleck is Daredevil, like, yeah, <laughs> different stuff like that. Yeah, like that would be funny as hell. Would be like, yeah, I heard there was there was a vampire around here, but he's not an issue anymore, or some <laughs> stupid shit, like, like shitting on Morbius. That would be funny. Oh man, dude. Ooh, all right. All right, yeah, I don't have anything else. Uh, all right, yeah, other than that, uh, thank you all for tuning in to our latest uh, update for things Marvel and game-related on the Marvels and Maniacs podcast, and we will see you next week for session 12 of our D&D session. All right, stay safe out there. Thank you for tuning in. Bye.